What's up, everybody? I'm Nolan Tuck. Stacy Glover. And you are listening to Cinema Parlor. Stacy, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, man. It's the best time of year. Indeed. How are you? I'm doing well, man. You what, know? What you sipping on? I am drinking beer out of Four Hands Brewery in St. Louis, Missouri. This is called Absence of Light. It is a peanut butter chocolate milk stout, and it is quite delicious. I, I had a taste. It is very good. What are you drinking over there? Uh, just just classic October stuff. Um, Schlafly, the, the pumpkin ale. Heck, one, of, one of the best pumpkin beers can that's available. Can never go wrong on that one. What have you been up to, man? I finally beat Dead Space. Okay. Which, yeah, it, it's okay. I realize that game is like considered a masterpiece. I... It's fine. You liked it, didn't you? Yeah, it, I enjoyed it. it okay. It's a good game. It's just a little repetitive. How about how about yourself? I've been watching a lot of things as well. Um, I'll just name a few real quick here. Um, the first thing I want to mention is a 2003 film called Memories of Murder. This is... I've been kind of going through uh, Bong Joon-ho's filmography a little bit before Parasite comes to our city, I think, next weekend. And so this was his second film, and uh, I thought this was a masterpiece. I loved it so much. Um, I didn't realize how much of a precursor that uh, this was to Zodiac, which is bad on my part, I guess. While it doesn't change my feelings on Zodiac, because I think that movie's a masterpiece as well, uh, it just adds to, I think, the brilliance of Bong's serial killer procedural that's much more about the human psyche and um, kind of what was going on in South Korea more than it was about solving a case. And this is based off a actual serial killer and a true story as well. Huh. Um, it's streaming on Amazon Prime uh, for those interested. Cool. So it's very good. I would very highly recommend it. Uh, a few others. Uh, last weekend, we watched these movies back-to-back together. Uh, we watched Crawl, and this is from uh, 2019, from earlier this summer, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Alexandra Aja. And this is a, uh, is a killer crocodile movie. Yes. Alligator. Alligator. I'm sorry. No, no. Regional Um, lizards, man. Yeah. Yeah, I like Crawl a lot. I thought it was probably one of the better horror offerings I've seen this year. Yeah, I did too, man. He's a a very good director of horror in general. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think he's mostly, he's got a lot of mean spirit, but I like that about him. His films are pretty rough on his characters and also very gory, very violent. Um, And I think he's very good at staging uh action scenes and and horrific scenes in general yeah yeah i i really like this um i i also like that hills have eyes that he did mm-hmm. i like that one more than the original which yeah, it, might it be blasphemous but uh, i i think it's a solid film i also i enjoy high tension i i'm probably with almost everybody else and that the very end sucks but everything leading up to that end i quite enjoy yeah uh, he's, he's made some solid films so, Evil Dead. Yeah. And this was, uh, specifically, we watched the uh, unrated, well, maybe it's rated R still. I don't know. No, I, I think, think it's unrated. unrated. Unrated director's cut. I think it's technically like seven to eight <clears throat> minutes longer than the theatrical cut. And this was both our first time seeing the director's cut. Yeah, I I liked it. I, I think it flows better than the original cut. Not that the original cut's bad, it's just... I think they do a better job with, like, establishing, you know, their rules and everything. Mm-hmm. You you get some better gore, which is fun. I hadn't seen this movie since it came to theaters, so I watched it in theaters. And when I saw it, I think I enjoyed it, but I just kind of forgot about it. And so I saw this unrated cut, and I was like, I want to pick this up, and gave it a watch. And, I like, 
I really enjoyed. I'm glad I revisited it because mm-hmm. I really quite liked it. I think it's quite affecting and it's brutal and gory as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I like that movie a lot. I there's not a bad Evil Dead movie in my no, opinion. No, I'm with you for sure, man. Which we'll probably talk about that a little more later. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, those are a couple things I watched. Um. And then a couple more I'll just mention real quick. Uh, last night I was able to go to my local art house and watch Takashi Miike's uh, newest film called First Love. And I would recommend that if it comes to a theater near you or whenever it hits streaming. I think it's very good. Reminded me of like his early Yakuza films in particular. Um, something like Shinjuku Triad Society from like his Black Society trilogy days that he did in the mid-90s. I think it's really good. It's like unhinged Miike. So I quite liked it, and uh, so I would recommend that. And then lastly, last night I watched a newer film off of Shudder. This is a 2019 film called Haunt, uh, directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Uh, I can't say I loved this movie. Um, it had some interesting... It, it t- It's like a haunted house movie. It's like these kids go to a haunted house, and it turns out the haunted house people are all insane killers that are creeping on them and it has some really cool set pieces some really good gore and kills but it did not work for me as a whole as a movie but i see it is on shutter if anyone's interested cool cool you got anything else let's see i watched the uh 4k uhd of the shining um nice. done off that recent 4k print. yeah i i mean that movie is a masterpiece but just talking about you know the the restoration itself uh it is breathtaking and crazy like how much better it looks um, it's a good looking film, so if you can watch it, like that is the way to watch it if you have a 4K player. Like yeah. it it is night and day. Like and I I am a big fan of the format for older movies. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like they gain quite a bit more out of it than like newer films. Yeah. Yeah, it is really good. Uh I did watch a movie yesterday that I've never seen before. Prophecy by John Frankenheimer. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 79. So in that one, it's like an eco-horror film that it, it has more to do with like the political relations between a a timber company and an Indian, like indigenous people uh, living in the woods. Okay. Like they're kind of at one another's throat. And there just happens to be a giant mutant bear um, yeah, you find out, like, everything's just got mercury poisoning. Okay. So, I guess mercury poisoning makes bears into giants. Who knew? I, I didn't know. It's really goofy. It's a weird film because most of it is just, like, a kind of a... Uh, like a thriller in the style of, like, a, a Michael Crichton thing. Like a, you know, coma or, okay. you know, something like that okay. where... It's kind of building, trying to figure out what's going on, and then the bear is just thrown in at the end. Okay. And the effects are awful. Like, awful. Awful visual effects. Laughable. That's a bummer. Like, it's just a weird movie, because, like, he's a renowned director. You got a good cast. Like, two of the dudes, I think, from The Thing show up. Nice. Uh, Carpenter's The Thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a movie that should have worked, but... Man, those effects are so bad and laughable. Man, when you first told me you were watching this yesterday, I, at first I thought, isn't wasn't there like a group of films that Christopher Walken was in called Prophecy? Or am I thinking of something different? No, you are correct. I think that's and that's what I thought you were watching at first. But thinking yeah, he was, he was in like a video <laughs> series 
You know, all those movies kind of run together for me, like Prophecy yeah. and Warlock, like the, the yeah. 80s and 90s ones, where it's like mm-hmm. kind of an end of days sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I watched the one with the stupid giant bear. All right. Yeah, what do we got today? What's our What's our episode? So we're going to go over some key points for the holiday. I I proposed a bunch of questions to you. Yeah. And I just kind of want to have an open format of discussion about things around the holiday, particularly films. That sounds good. You know, I read a thing the other day saying that, well, millennials and like the whatever generations younger. Is it Z, I believe? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but they're saying that Halloween is becoming like the most popular holiday. Yeah. I can't disagree with that theory. Like, is it your favorite holiday? It's up there. I love Christmas. It's up there with Christmas. I mean, it's neck and neck. I love Thanksgiving. Also, I love to eat. So, I mean, that's, you know. Right. <laughs> But yeah, Halloween is like, what's, what's fun about Halloween, I think, is that it, like the way we celebrated it, like basically lasts almost a month and a half. Because we kind of even start in like September or something. Right. Like just like, I've been in that mode since like the middle of September of just mostly watching horror movies. Yeah. And to a point, like it doesn't really feel redundant because I like, there are so many, and what I, like we'll get into this a little bit, but like there's so many horror movies that like. I can keep watching new things year and year, mm-hmm. year after year, and like there's just so much. Whether well, not all of it's good, but I mean, you're just there's so much you can discover and find yeah. and look for. So that's a lot of fun. And then I just I enjoy fall like so much. So like the weather starts turning, I want to like actually spend some time outside, which is nice. And I like wearing hoodies and sports are at their best. Sports, you know. Here's a thing for anyone who's interested in sports today. On the day we're recording, it is uh, Sunday, October twenty seventh. This is what is known today as a sports equinox. Does not happen very often. It is a day where all four of the major sports—hockey, NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball—all play on the same day. Wow. That, that is a very rare occur- occurrence, and it happened today. Is there a WNBA <laughs> game today? That I don't know. That's not part of the equinox. It's not part of the major forum. Sorry, I I didn't make these rules up. Mm. I'm not being... No lady sports. Yeah, that's um, unfortunate. I'm sorry. But, well, you know, if they could dunk, maybe people would want to watch. Hey, there was one that did it for, like, Tennessee. That was ago. just a... I mean, that's true, but <laughs> I'm somewhat joking. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so anyway, that that's, yeah, like you said, the sports are, that's a lot of fun too, and yeah, it's just, it's a good time of the year, and like I said, it, it's fun to just celebrate it. You know, with Christmas, I think what's, I love Christmas too, but like, you get busy, like, it's family stuff, you're doing a lot, uh-huh. for me, like, I'm just kind of always like on the go. Traveling. doing Yeah, doing a lot of stuff, and with, with Halloween season, it's just like, you don't really have to worry about all that stuff, you're just kind of doing your thing yeah and enjoying the season like the most traveling you'll do around halloween is if we make you get out and go to a spook house right Mm-hmm. which i despise but i do it sometimes yeah all in good fun <laughs> so what is the first horror movie you remember watching okay so i've, I've got it okay i as we i think we've discussed on the show before i didn't really grow up uh with a lot of cinephilia. Um, but what I did grow up with was a lot of like Disney and animated films. Mm. So now while these are probably not necessarily considered horror to me, they somewhat frightened me as a youngster, but I continued to watch them. Number one would be the brave little toaster. 
Uh, what's scary about that movie? I've never seen it. It's, it's first scary because your appliances <clears throat> come to life. So Wait, so just on a base concept level, the movie frightens you? As a kid. Like the idea that your appliances come to life? Yeah, it was kind of strange, you know? <laughs> I don't know. What happens is they have a the person that owns their house, you know, that lives there. They go out and they're all left there alone. Uh-huh. And so, like... They don't know what to do with themselves because the person's gone. It's almost a little like, like Toy Story in that sense. It sounds exactly like Toy Story. So, like, they are all left there. They're, it gets pretty dark. And they all go on, like, this adventure, try to find... If I'm remembering this light, I haven't uh-huh. watched this movie in years. And they go on this adventure and, like, some crazy stuff happens while they're, like, out in the wilderness trying to make their way. Like, I think to find the homeowner? I can't remember. It's weird. It's a very strange movie. I will tell you that. Well, do you remember what scared you about it? Like, is it just the the concept of inanimate objects having life? Like, there was a... Like, there was this... There were just scenes. Like, there's a vacuum that that comes to life. And there's also a blanket that comes to life. Uh Uh-huh. Like, all these characters don't always love each other very well. And, like, like, like each other. Whatever. They're not friendly with each other. Like, and, like, the vacuum, like vacuums up the blanket that's called Blanky and like he almost like kills him and like I just so, remember these small things. So so for young Nolan. Hey, you know what inanimate objects and the absence of love yeah. like horrified you. In the, I would in my defense, I will just say this on the letterbox paragraph here that explained the movie. It says it's a children's film which on the surface is a frivolous fantasy, but with a dark subtext of abandonment, adolescence and loneliness. Okay. It messed me up a little bit, but I continued to watch it. Like, right. I, I had the VHS. Uh-huh. I watched it a lot. A group of dated appliances find themselves stranded in a summer home that their family had just sold deck... That their family has just sold all of the incredible journey. Seek their young eight-year-old master. And they call him master. They think the master has left them, and they're trying to find him. It's a strange oh, movie. man. John Lovitz, Phil Hartman, they're in it. A lot of... Deanna Oliver. Comedians. Yeah. Anyway. It, it frightened you. That was the first thing. I, okay. That, that is... Okay. And then... So next that came to mind uh, would be another animated film. This is called All Dogs Go to Heaven. What? <laughs> now... I really thought you were going to say, like, Pinocchio or something that, that's like... That's number three on my list. Okay. <laughs> these were before Pinocchio, man. These these movies messed me up a little bit. Uh-huh. Okay, so All Dogs Go to Heaven is basically... Have you seen this one? Yeah, okay. like when it came out. I haven't seen it since like VHS days. Again, as a kid, kind of messed me up, man. Like, like dogs are dying in the whole movie. Like, it's it's crazy stuff. Yeah, There's like a real big crocodile monster thing in uh-huh. it that's like singing and trying to eat them. Like, these are not... And the bad dog, like he smokes cigars yeah, and yeah. he looks he, he's, evil. He's a real heathen. Um, like, a casino-owning dog named Charlie is murdered by his rival, Carface. He finds himself in heaven, basically by default, since all dogs go to heaven. However, since he wants to get back at his killer, he uh, cons his way back to the living with the warning that dogs that damn him go to hell. I think. Dogs that damns him go, yeah, to hell. I'm sorry, whatever. Anyway, it's a lot of, it's some high concepts as a kid. Uh And it freaked me out a little bit. And it's a movie I continue to watch. Now as an adult, obviously, I'm not really worried about it but like as a kid i'm surprised your parents let you watch all dogs go to heaven given like yeah the strictness of that's you true know. and i had that on vhs as well so that brings up concepts of hell oh yeah big time so those were like the first two things i can remember and then went to pinocchio which 
I also terrified me, which I watched a lot. And obviously <clears throat> just like, you know, <coughs> the land or the park that they're at. With, yeah, um, the donkeys. Yeah, everything. That's that's just terrifying. Like that a lot. And then as far as like the first actual horror movie I can personally remember. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm sure I watched some before this. I just don't remember. I, my memory kind of comes and goes a little bit. But Scream, uh, I remember watching as a teenager. And that was the first movie. Like I know it's like now we look at that as more like you know, it's funny, but like... It, no, it was like it, horrific uh, at it, the time. It terrified me. That opening is killer. It is. So that, yeah, that would be like my first like film that really terrified me is like, that's a quote unquote horror film. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. What you got? Me? Uh, I mean, I, I don't consider it a horror film anymore, but I know a lot of people do when they write uh, King Kong, uh, the 33 mm-hmm. one. Or uh, Tremors. I'm not sure which one I saw first. Right around the same time, like 1990. Mm-hmm. 91, maybe. I mean, King Kong, I never found scary. It was like a, a fun adventure film. But uh, Tremors, yeah. there's some freaky stuff in there for a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's a fun movie. Yeah, I don't remember being like frightened by cartoons. And that's not me like demeaning what your picks are. I've just... Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Look, if we're being honest, I'm a much more fragile and timid person than you in general, so... Well, I'm... <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely true. All right, so what was your favorite Halloween costume in, in the annals of uh, Nolan Tuck's life? All right, so again on this, um, there are, uh, my, my memory comes and goes. I can tell you... First, I'm going to tell you the two costumes I remember as a as a child uh-huh. growing up. the first one i remember was being a cowboy okay which is weird to think of that as an adult but uh i had an imaginary friend when uh-huh. i was younger his name was winky okay we would go hunting together uh-huh as one does <laughs> and there was a movie that i watched a lot as a kid again i had vhs and it's called rustler's rhapsody this starred the great tom berenger as the singing cowboy Okay. Yes. So it's like a, a Roy Rogers like take. Anyway, yeah. And then there was one day. Um, I must have been like I don't know, probably very young, four to six. Okay. And I said a curse word. I don't remember if it was damn or shit or something like that. Right. That I picked up from that movie, and my mom got really upset that I dropped a curse word oh. at that young. Because and I don't think I got to watch that movie anymore after that. Maybe. I oh man. <laughs> Did you get the, like the mouth with the soap? No. Just they weren't happy about it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't do that. So that <laughs> that was that that was my first costume. I remember, and then my second costume I remember uh, was uh, being a uh, Karate Kid, like um, the Karate Kid or a Karate. Now, kid. see, I can't answer you on that because maybe I liked Karate Kid. I don't remember. Like I've seen the movie, I just don't remember if I had like a fondness for it or if I was watching it or okay what. So I just know I was I. I remember it, and I've also seen photos where I was dressed So, up like, you're, like, in a gi or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and so I remember that. And then I'm going to go with my favorite Halloween costume. This was actually um, just as an adult a few years about, a few years back, and this would be when I dressed as a drag queen Okay. a few years at one of our Halloween parties. Um, Melanie and our friend Kendra, they, and uh, who else? Somebody else. They helped me out, I think, with the costume some. Uh, Kendra put makeup on me. I had a nice dress, high heels. I was looking good. Here's a, okay. So, dressing as a drag queen, mm-hmm. would that, like, for that night, you just were a drag queen. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I played the persona. But, but, like, I mean, like, 
the whole drag queen thing, it's it's you know, dude dressing up as a woman, right? Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and you you just did that. I did it. Yeah. So you I, were a drag queen. Yeah, I was a drag queen. Was it comfortable? I, I mean, no, but I had a lot of confidence. You know? Okay. I was strutting around. Yeah. I was feeling good. You were wearing like pretty high heels. I was. It was the whole show. Yeah, the whole bit. I'm hopefully pictures never surface from that. But. I'm sure they will. Especially now that you brought it up. You're welcome, world. What do you got? What's your favorite costume? Okay, man? so this is not a thing that I remember, like, in the moment. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing pictures of it. So it has to be real. And I think it's hilarious. When I was a little, little kid, there were pictures of me for Halloween dressed as Satan. Okay. I just think that's funny because my family is particularly religious. Sure. And, you know, Bible Belt and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was like one of those generic convenience store costumes, like Satan. Like like a red mask with, like, the twirly mustache. Yeah. And, you you know, with the pitchfork and (laughs) nonsense. I just think that's funny because... Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Family background and everything. Like, <laughs> what a weird thing. They were just like, that looks good on you. Yeah, it was like the problem child suit, uh-huh. but like with one of those like, just like cheap plastic masks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> that is good. Uh, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Okay, so I couldn't do a one. <clears throat> I went a top three. What? Sorry. No. I, okay, I'll, I'll try the best out of order. Okay? Oh, okay. But I couldn't not name all three because I love them almost You like equally. them equally? Yeah. Okay. Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, uh-huh. anything peanut butter. That's mine, like, by the way. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups is the best candy. Yeah. And then what I got also are Skittles. I love Skittles oh. so much. And I love Peanut M&M's so much. Those are my three favorites. I mean, Peanut M&M's are good. Skittles, though? Like, you're the... telling me you like Skittles as much as a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? On days. I, I love a fruity, sweet, little bit of tart. and just, just chewing them away, man. But there are, like, better things than Skittles that give you that flavor. Like a Sour Patch Kid. I do I have Skittles? Ugh. Yeah. They're weird. Hey, they're, they're popular for a reason. Okay, so here's something that I don't think it's probably as big a deal now... But maybe you remember this stuff, like Halloween TV specials or like series, marathons, things like that. Like, do you have any fond memories or things that you liked from that time? Yeah. So um, I remember uh, very much like first, first, like there were Scooby-Doo movies made for TV. Do you remember those? Yeah. Um, I remember watching those a lot. Like Scooby-Doo and the 13 Ghosts. And... Yeah, there was uh, the the werewolf one. Uh-huh. I watched that one a lot. Um, there were things like Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. That was a little later. Um, yeah, we were older when that Yeah, we were a little out. older on that. Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School. That's one I remember from 1988. Um so anyway, were these Halloween ones? They were, yeah. I, if I, I know the werewolf was in uh-huh. particular because um, I actually rewatched that one not that long ago with Kendra, and she has that on uh, I think DVD. Um, that was a lot of fun. I remember that one like very well, and so that's. Did you have fun rewatching it? Yeah, I I've, I always loved Scooby Doo. That was another one I had like as a kid. I had a few VHS like of just singular episodes like one in particular we may have talked i think we talked about this last year was the scooby-doo and the no face zombie uh yeah you yeah yep so yeah i watched i watched a lot of scooby-doo as a kid i enjoyed that one and the one after like 
with with Scrappy in there as well, which Scrappy's in the werewolf one. <laughs> yeah, Scrappy dude. Was he in the original series? Like the no. Scooby Doo? Where are you? I don't believe so. He came around later. Yeah, th- not that. Yeah, just a little bit later. Uh-huh. I think if I'm wrong on that, I'm sorry. Uh, the other things I really remember as well are like things on AMC and Bravo. So like AMC had their Fright Fest uh-huh. every year, and they did like a 31 Days of Horror, and so like every day there were just horror movies on constantly and they still do that yeah the fright fest yeah and so that was something i I watched a lot and then like bravo would always have these documentaries if you remember like they would have these like kind of longer hundred scariest yeah like scariest scenes of all time it would have like most frightening moments or like you know just their list of like what they think are the most essential horror films and i I used to watch those a lot too because those were a lot of fun um, did you ever watch, like, Sci-Fi Channel, like, the old school Sci-Fi Channel before yeah. it was, like, with the Y? Yeah, I used to so, watch that a little bit, too. So they would mm-hmm. do their horror marathons, like, so there's four weeks in October, they would do, you know, one week, it's all Frankenstein movies, so you tune in at 7pm, and you get, like, a double feature of a Frankenstein film, uh-huh. and then on the weekends, they would air, like, a long block, so you would get, like, three or four Hammer films in a row, Okay. Um, and I would tape all of these. Oh, nice. So that's how I would, you know, the Universal movies, I would get to, like, rewatch them and stuff because I would stay up. Oh, we're going to air Frankenstein and Bride. And then the next week it'd be like, well, here's werewolf movies and mm-hmm. then Dracula movies. And, yeah, I just dug that stuff up, man. Nice. And then, you know, how you were talking, um, AMC Fear Fest. I think that has kind of gone downhill since Walking Dead's been around. Sure. Because I don't they dedicate like a day or two to yeah. just Walking Dead marathons? Sure, a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, just play movies. Come Heck on. Yeah, that um, yeah, was cool. What, what about TV specials? So, like, you know, the TGIF, like, thank goodness it's Friday uh-huh. block. You know, they would always have good Halloween episodes, I recall. Yeah, um, sure. There's Treehouse like, of Horrors. Yeah, Treehouse of Horrors is something I watched. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean... They still do, like, to an extent, they'll do, like, still do some, some TV stuff, but, like, I, like, it's, I remember, like, I, I have a hard time remembering when I was younger as much, like, I remember, like, maybe as far as, like, ten mm-hmm. years ago or so, like, The Office usually had a fun, like, Halloween special, right. I enjoyed watching, like, things like that, um, like, Family Guy would have Halloween stuff sometimes like well now I think like Bob's Burgers they do a right. really good job with their really Halloween episodes everyone I've seen is really fun in there <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah for sure so yeah my my memory's a little bit not as clear on on that stuff Roseanne used to have really good Halloween yeah. episodes Ooh, what I do remember uh Family Matters because yeah you know uh Steve Urkel had like a later in the later seasons he had a uh a person like almost a Dr. Jekyll. Yeah, Stefan. Yeah, that he would turn into. Uh-huh. I think there was one episode, if I remember, like he turned one of one of them turned evil or something. I, I think they played <laughs> with that. Like, if I remember, I think that was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, dude, here's another dumb thing I used to watch when I was a kid on TV. QVC for Halloween. They would just sell Halloween collectibles. Mm-hmm. And I would just watch the shopping channel to see what cool collectibles there were. Oh, nice. I didn't buy any of them. I was a kid. I didn't have money. You just wanted to see. Yeah. What's up, you know? Like, oh, here's a bust of Vincent Price's head. Nice. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. Because I have no money. Right. I have no job. (laughs) I like that, man. Like, who watches QVC willingly? You. You Me. You did it. Yeah. What? 
one more thing I'll, I'll say, like, this is, like, in the present here, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's kind of cool that you have to have Shudder for this, that Shudder's brought back Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. Um, and so, like, this past weekend here, um, I think it was Friday night, so, like, October 25th, they did, like, uh, Joe Bob's Halloween Hootenanny, uh-huh. and it, it premiered, and, and I think they showed, like, the original Halloween, Halloween 4, and Halloween 5 triple feature. Okay. And... Uh, a lot of people are watching that. I watched a little bit of it when I got off work. I think that's something that's kind of cool that they're bringing that back. So Yeah, dude. I, I love Joe Bob Briggs. I haven't watched any of the new stuff on Shudder. I mm-hmm. need to. Monster Vision, like, that's something I've always, mm-hmm. you know, loved when I was a kid. Especially, like, around the Halloween time, they would do, like, the weekend Monster Vision stuff where he wouldn't be on. It would just have the tag of Monster Vision. Mm-hmm. And then they'd play light stuff like the blob, like the one with Steve McQueen from sure. the 50s. Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's still rocking, man. That's right. Um, okay. Scariest movie scene as a child. Now, obviously yours is what? Brave Little Toaster? That's the thing that scared you the most? I mean, it got me pretty good. Do you, do you have a thing down for this? <laughs> I do. So th- I've already talked about this movie. Um, and that would, well, <clears throat> let me, let me do two things real quick. Uh-huh. The first, I've talked about both at least I think both of these on a previous episode, but I'll bring it back up again. The first would be the bathtub scene from The Shining. Again, I did not watch The Shining, like, as a kid, uh-huh. but I was at, I think, my cousin's house. It was on the TV. I saw that scene. How um, old were you? I was probably middle school. Was it like a, a yes and then a oh? Yeah, because I was like, that's a naked lady and she looked good. How and many... Then, it turned into zombie witch lady thing. How many teenage boners do you think that movie broke? <laughs> probably a lot. <laughs> probably, probably a lot. Because, like, the good-looking lady's on there for quite a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it, boom, turns. Oof, and it turns hard. Yeah, it's very gross. Yeah. I, I watched the movie last night. Yeah. yeah. That that scene freaked me out, and it, like, it, was, it freaked me out so bad that, like, it just haunted me for years until uh-huh. I actually watched The Shining, and then I was like, oh, that's where that's from. So, mm. yeah. And then the other one that really got to me would be the opening scene from Scream with uh, Drew Barrymore was pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Was it, like, the build to the kill or, like, the kill itself? All she's it. on the phone with her parents and being killed? Yeah, everything, like, just... I, I, I vividly remember everything about that because, like, not only is the phone stuff, it's, like very concerning and like you're just i was personally just kind of like man freaked out what's happening here Mm -hmm. and then like the boyfriend being in the chair like in front of her door like disemboweled seeing that i was like really disturbed and disgusted by all the way to yes uh like her just getting gutted out on Mm -hmm. in front of their house and their parents getting there and like just all that awfulness and then all the way to her just like isn't she, like, hanging from a tree? Yeah. And then, like, it's that fast zoom in. Uh-huh. And all of it, just, like, unsettling, man. It just yeah. it freaked me out. And also, I'd never seen a slasher film before. Oh, so, okay. like, as I said earlier, that was probably the, the film I remember the most as a kid. as my quote-unquote first horror film. So, like, all of it just kind of messed me up. Nice. <laughs> How about you? Oh, for me? Um, <laughs> okay, so a thing I remember from being young that freaked me out and Tremors, and that's a movie, so I said it's, like, one of the earlier ones that I watched, so I would do a thing where my parents, you know, they'd rent movies, and there's ones that we were allowed to watch, and then, you know, after a while, they'd put us to bed, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, me and my sister, and 
I would army crawl into the hallway mm-hmm. behind, and hide behind a chair and watch movies. Yeah. And it wasn't strict, like, you shouldn't be watching this. It was more of a, it's late and we want to watch a movie and you just need to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, so, I wasn't really, like, heavily gated on what I could and could not see. But uh, I do remember, distinctly, Tremors. It's, you've seen that, right? I have. Yeah. Okay, so it's when, like, the, the farmer guy, I think, mm-hmm. gets killed and they go out to investigate his place and they lift up the hat on the ground, and you just see his dead face under it. Yep. I was like, oh, you know, like, that got me when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, uh, when I was a little... Well, here's one before I... Mm-hmm. When I was a kid. Um, Hellraiser. That's a movie that I stumbled into when I was probably way too young, because mm-hmm. that's a weird movie to watch if you're young. Yeah. You know, like, like, the sexual violent nature of it is just weird. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why... I think it's the way it looked and moved, but the scene where she's in the hospital and the guardian starts chasing her, like that weird, like two-headed crawling uh, thing, yeah. mm-hmm. that always freaked me out when, like, I saw it on TV, you know, when I was a little kid. Yeah. Um, and then when I got older, the last thing that I cite for, like, actually scaring me, Event Horizon, mm. uh, the weird, mm-hmm. like, Latin orgy thing, uh, yeah. that tape, that's the scariest thing in that movie. It's yeah, weird. That was a rough go. Yeah, and the what the way it's like edited, and the way like it doesn't completely show you everything that happened. It's like it it's effective because there's a lot there for your imagination, but enough there to make you know like this is messed up. That's messed up. Yeah. And that movie, and we talked about this. We've done an Event Horizon episode, mm-hmm. but uh, that that was one that to get over like how much it bothered me. I watched it immediately for a second time. <laughs> to like, I need to see these images again so I can just get over it. Yeah, and go to bed. Impactful. Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. His masterpiece. Agree to disagree, but it's a great movie. Uh, do you like or play horror games? I do like horror games. Uh, I don't play them as much as you. Um, I have played a few of the Resident Evil games. So, I played the original Resident Evil. I've played. Resident Evil 4, I've played Resident Evil 5, I've played Resident Evil Code Veronica. Um, so I've played those. I've also played some Bloodborne, which is a pretty cool game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I typically, I mean, I'll play them sometimes, but I, like right now, I'm, I don't, I mean, I'm playing Borderlands. So I mean, but I, I don't have like a, a quote unquote agenda every year. Um, so NES, Sega Genesis, all that stuff, because those are the systems you had, right? Yeah. Did you play any, like, horror-themed things? Like, I mean, a big one for me was the Castlevania series. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they did TV or uh, movie tie-ins all the time. Like, you know, they had a Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street game for NES. I would not have been Adam's allowed family. to have them. At okay. least those. Yeah. So, I, I never played those. I'm trying to think, like... I, I'm sure I... I, I think I may have had a Castlevania game, maybe, but, uh-huh. like, I didn't really play those till I got older. Like, you know, Symphony of the Night, I played when I was a teenager. Right, but, in high school. Yeah, but as far as being young, I, I don't think I had any, really, that I can recall. Yeah, like, horror stuff's always been, like, a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I've loved it ever since I was a little kid. So, games like Castlevania, um, you know, I played 3 and 4 a lot when I was younger, uh, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors, which is a really fun uh-huh. game from uh, LucasArts back in the day. Did you, is I remember that, that you game. remember? Yeah. 
I think that was available on Sega. Mm-hmm. Um, Alien 3, the video game tie-in for the movie, okay. that's one I played a lot. Uh, original Doom. You played Doom, right? I did play Doom. Like, yeah. everybody played Doom when sure. it came out. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's, like, a horror game. Yeah. But, uh, for me, Resident Evil really was the turning point. And Resident Evil 2 was actually the first Resident Evil that I played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that game was so massive when it came out, like, in 1998. Like, that and Final Fantasy 7 were, like, why I bought a PlayStation. Okay. Is because, like, those games, you know, to me, were, like, so cinematic and like so much different than anything I was seeing from like Nintendo 64 or Super Nintendo or anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I've been hooked on uh, horror games ever since. Yeah. I, I, there's so many that come out now. It's hard to play, you know, everything, but sure. uh, yeah, always uh, keep up with like the Resident Evils, Silent Hills. You know. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Always, always make a point to beat, you know, several of them during October. Very nice. Speaking of uh, rituals during the Halloween season, video games, uh, movie marathons, those are big for me. One of my weeks of vacation, I take it during the last week of Halloween so I can just do movie marathons and play video games. Just a nice little staycation. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you, any any ritualistic things, like things that you, you know, do every year? No, not really. I, mine's just like kind of what I talked about earlier, just watching movies, horror movies. The main thing I always try to do is I try to make a, good portion of the stuff like stuff i haven't seen Mm -hmm. and so like that's i guess my biggest thing that's always fun for me during uh halloween season is just like finding stuff and watching stuff that i haven't seen question so does hanging out with me i rewatch things all the time so this time of year if like i'm rewatching shit are you just like oh again (laughs) like why why are we watching halloween on halloween oh it doesn't bother me i mean it's still fun to watch those movies. I, I watch that movie every year on Halloween. Sure. Which I, I know that you've been sucked up into that no, I mean, it'd multiple be, times. It'd be one thing if it was a bad movie, but I mean, it's a great movie. So, I mean, it doesn't bother me. You know, I just like, and that I, it's fine. Like when I watch stuff as a group, I think uh-huh. it's fun. I just, on my own, I prefer to just kind of like seek out things I haven't seen. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't mind watching, rewatching things at all, especially if they're good. Okay. <laughs> or something I enjoy. I'll put it that way. Because <laughs> you know I'll be watching Halloween on Halloween. Yeah. Here's a big question. What about horror films appeal to you? Okay, so I've got a, a, a number of different things here. Because there's a lot that appeals to me. Like, aesthetics, uh, like, mood and atmosphere. Sense of dread that is, like, inescapable. Gore and makeup. Laughing at stupidity, because I think there's a lot of fun to be had in horror films. Mm-hmm. A genre that doesn't always have to make sense for me, but can just get silly and weird and have some fun. Um, schlock can equal fun. Don't forget that. Yeah. So, those are a lot of things that appeal to me about the genre. Like, it, it's a genre that you can take serious, because there are films that are that way. But it's also a genre where plot, story, and doesn't always have to work. You can just have a feel or just... Have fun. Like, it can get goofy and still be appealing. Yeah. So, me, I, I think it's the most imaginative genre to work in. Because, mm-hmm. um, like you said, you you don't even have to have a story. Like, mm-hmm. if you just have, like, interesting visuals, you know, you can present stuff almost as a nightmare. Yeah. I, I also like the broad appeal of the genre. Mm-hmm. Because whenever we get together in groups and such... More often than not, we're going to watch a horror film because yeah, you, everybody enjoys 
horror mm-hmm. films, I think. Yeah. Um, at least everybody that we've ever known enjoys sitting and watching them. Right. It's it's fun, too, because, like, it's always an adventure because it could be something that's, like, something you've never seen before. It could be something just so god-awful that it's entertaining. Like Howling 2. Right. We've seen some pretty cool films, like, right. watching horror films that we knew nothing about other than their name. Also, I don't know about you, but I really like sharing films that like mm-hmm. I've already seen with people who haven't seen them. Yeah. Because I like seeing their reaction to the film. Sure. No, that's, I like that too. Yeah. So yeah, that that's fun. fun for me. Um also like you were talking about like the aesthetics. I think that horror is the most visually stimulating genre. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so many people cut their teeth on the horror genre and I Especially, like, during the 80s and early 90s, you know, you got all these guys who are making music videos coming in and doing, you know, like, a horror film before they get, like, big studio films. Mm -hmm. And it it is a way to show off, you know, your visual style and, you know, cut your teeth. And I I really enjoyed that. Definitely. Here's some fun stuff. What uh, is your favorite classic gothic monster? I don't know if that question made sense to you, but I'm looking for, like, old Hollywood. Okay, this is what I'm going to go with. It may not have been the answer. I don't know if you're looking for just Universal in particular, but I kind of went with, even before that, so I went with uh, silent film. I went with Nosferatu. Okay, no, that works. played by Max Schreck Uh from uh, F.W. Marnot's classic film. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he... The look of Nosferatu is like, I think it's it's just generally known by everyone, whether you've ever seen the film or not. Like, when you see that, it's just like, that's Nosferatu. Like, yeah. also, like, it's it's just creepy. Like, I love his long nails and, like, his teeth and just his, like, slendering look. Like, it's just, I think it's a, it's a look that is distinctly its own like is it your favorite vampire design it is i just i love it and it's you know it's been copied a lot but like it's it when it was made it was original and it's it's a great movie by the way too but yeah it's a wonderful film it's just a monster that i just affected me i I really like it awesome it's a great design for me it's a wolf man um of like the lon cheney jr iteration is wonderful like i love that movie it's there's some goofy bits to it, but I, I find that movie to be very uh, touching and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, Hammer's take on that with The Curse of the Werewolf. I'm a big fan of that movie. I as well. I think I like that one more myself. Yeah. It? Oliver Reed in that film, is, he is so good. What a great actor. He's a great actor. And that's his first starring role. <laughs> and, you know, him as Leon, it's such a, like, tortured performance and I love that makeup, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even, like, you know, takes that weren't as successful, like uh, Werewolf of London. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Hall, they make fun of him, you know, because it's like the the Elvis werewolf makeup, uh-huh. which uh, Jack Nicholson sports in Wolf. Right. But uh, I, I think it's effective. And it, it that movie kind of has, like, a Jack the Ripper feel to it with him wandering the streets and strangling mm-hmm. girls and stuff. Sure. I, I don't know, man. I, I think werewolves... Um, they were always, like, my favorite as a kid. I, yep. I just really enjoy those films. All right. So just favorite monster in general. Okay. So, again, I've got a few on this one, okay? Ooh. So, first up, um, I'm going with um, kind of more classic here. Uh, we've got Alien, one of the best designs of all time. That's my pick, by the way. Very nice. It's It never lets you down. Like, Geiger is a genius. 
Um, the way that the monster is used in the movie is genius. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just so good. So I'll let you talk about it a little more if you want. Uh-huh. My other two picks, um, I, I consider this person a monster, even though he's kind of a human. I'm going with Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And then I've got, um, and these two are kind of more traditional uh, monsters. Uh, a movie that I think has picked up a lot of steam over the last few years. If anyone there has not checked it out, you should. This is the Sex Monster from Possession. Um, I really like that creature a lot. It's design. It's very just icky and gooey and mm-hmm. very messed up. And then lastly, I'm going to go with a more kind of fun pick. This is Bubs the Zombie from Day of the Dead. Oh, yeah. I think he is one of, like, just, he's he's just a monster that you root for. Like, yeah. Because, uh, as in Day of the Dead, like, it ends up where he has somewhat of functioning features, he's treated very badly, and he takes care of a character that we absolutely dis- despise at the end and gives him his comeuppance. Yeah. So, those are some of my favorites. Yeah, what those, do you got? those are good picks, man. So, Alien, for me, I think that is the greatest monster ever created for film. Um, you know, gothic monsters, those are things that are literary in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been passed down, you know, either through literature or folklore. Um, the Alien is its own design. Like, mm-hmm. there is nothing else like it. Right. Um, like you said, Giger's work on that, which... Uh, it was what from his book the Necronomicon. Yeah, yeah, and it, it it's it's also very a very sexualized. Yeah, it, monster. it's very sexual. Um, and then Carlos Rambaldi did the mechanical effects yeah. for which I think Carlos Rambaldi also did the sex monster in possession. That's right. I believe you're right. Um, he he's very big on um like those mechanical effects with the faces mm-hmm. and such. Um, he, he also did uh, Kong for the seventies. Okay. Um, that technology to make the face, you know, the mask move is important because that's what helped bring alien to life. Um, alien, I think is some of the most flawless effects ever in a film. Like at no point in that movie, does it look like a dude in a suit? No, not at all. And it's a, a pretty, pretty amazing to be honest. It, it's slick. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I love it. The only thing that even comes close to, for me is the alien queen from Aliens. Yeah, and that I think is just the most impressive special effect ever. But there's something about that original design with um like the the placing of all the tubes. You know, it is very sexual in nature. Mm-hmm. How slick the dome is, which you you lose that in yeah. Aliens. Um, it's more rigid, mm-hmm. but in Alien, it's just like this weird translucent, you know, you have like a, a human skull for its mm-hmm. face behind this shell. Right. Everything's just covered in KY. Yeah. 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 It, it's the greatest monster yeah. and ever. I, and like, and to go for that, like the final Alien is the best, but like all of the like the different versions of the yeah. all really well designed as well. Yeah, I mean the, they're they're terrifying a face mm-hmm. hugger man. Like it is it is a basically a vagina yep. that shoots out a penis mm-hmm. that latches onto your face yep. and strangles you. Yeah. Puts its seed inside you. Through your mouth. Yeah. Like you are face raped. <laughs> yeah. And then brutal. The yeah. chest burster crawling penis Mm -hmm. with like razor sharp like silver teeth yeah it's crazy stuff horrific it is yeah yeah alien genius film heck yeah all right man favorite slasher antagonist which by the way i love that you put leatherface for monster instead of slasher i think he is a monster that's just my opinion but you know he 
I'm not making fun. Yeah, I, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I just, you know, he he freaking, you know, butchers humans and makes them into meat and slaughters them like yeah, like cow. Like I don't know. It's just I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I just I think he is. I feel like there's a nature versus nurture argument to be it's had. Possible. But maybe for another day. Maybe for another day. Favorite slasher antagonist. All right, this one was pretty easy for me. Um, it is Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, part two through four in particular. Okay, so what about him in those three films, which you and I are on a similar wavelength on the movies we prefer mm -hmm. in that series. Yeah, it's like, for me, it's it's his most like, so it doesn't get bogged down in like supernatural stuff. So he is just an actual like giant human being uh -huh. who like can just destroy you with different ways, like whether it be an instrument mm -hmm. of death or with his hands or strangulation or taking you and just throwing you. <laughs> okay. Um, like I, I think he's, it, it's just the presence of his physicality that just like makes me feel uneasy more than any other slasher killer. Like I just, I, I find him to be the most terrifying in those movies. So you find him to be like scary. I do. Like, like I, I would not enjoy someone of that size trying to run me down. And I mean, he's, he's wanting you dead. Yeah. So, you know, and then I like all the, the different phases of those three films, like of his look, like, you know, you start out with, with the bag over the head uh -huh. and then you slowly, you know, gradually through the movies get to him having his hockey mask. But just like, man, he's just like so pissed off in those movies. Like yeah. it just, I, I just find him. I don't know. I, I think the work done is is just the best in those three movies. I well, just... and the cool the cool thing about those movies is like he actually moves like a person. Like he yeah, runs, yeah. Mm -hmm. running Jason in part two. Yeah, like that's scary. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. I don't know, man. It. Uh, I just I like it. I like it a lot. That's awesome, dude. What um, do you got? For me, it's Michael Myers from Halloween. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Um, you know, he's like kind of the first iconic slasher. You know, unless you count, like, Norman Bates. Uh -huh. um, <clears throat> it, I mean, there's Leatherface as well. Of course, that didn't get franchised until much later. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, Halloween, man, like, I, I just love, like, he's a, just a husk of a man. Mm -hmm. And I, I think him being the boogeyman, especially in the first film, like, yeah. he has the best presence. And as far as the portraying you know someone like that like nick castle's performance in the first film like i love that part where he runs the guy through in the kitchen right and just like kind of tilts his head mm -hmm. as he's looking at his work and i love that he's like a freaking prankster man you think about all the stuff he does in halloween one mm -hmm. like his kills are like they have flourish yeah like he sets that whole room up for her to find at the end you know, with uh, right. PJ Souls spread out, you know, in yep. front of the, um, or I guess it's Nancy in that, like, where she's in the bed Nancy, with the tombstone. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right. Yeah, and I, I think all that stuff's, like, really cool. And, and his evolution's not the best. Um, it's not like a Jason where he just keeps getting better. Right. Um, or, you know, by the time we get past four. Yeah. You know, fun. Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, Michael, after Halloween 2, kind of sucks. 
Sure. But I think, like, you know, those first two movies, he's so perfect yeah, that I just, I love it, dude. Nice pick. I can't, I can't argue. He's the boogeyman. That's the right. The shape. Mm-hmm. Not even a man. Not even. That mask is perfect. It's a great mask. Favorite final girl. All right. So, favorite final girl. This is redundant at this point. I'm sorry, but it's Ripley from Alien. Um, it's by Sigourney Weaver. She is my favorite. It's also, I mean, and then I've got a co, uh, well, either runner up or you can go either or. This is Sally from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm. played by Marilyn Burns. Tell this, me what you like about these was, women. Like, it was easy for me first off because they're my two favorite horror movies of all time. Those uh-huh. two, so like, but yeah, like with, with Sigourney Weaver, I mean, she's just a badass. So like, it ends up like, it's just like, it's all on her, right? By the end of the film. I mean, it's it's brilliant. I just... It's her against Alien. You know? What else you want? I don't know. Like, I, I think what's cool about that is that... So... And especially, like, the way that, you know, like... The social structures were, you know, mm-hmm. in 79. Yeah. Um, it was a big thing. So they're basically space truckers. Yeah. And you think of truckers as like, that's a man's job. Right. And come to find out, like she is second in command on that ship. Yep. So, you know, once events in the movie happen, you know, she becomes the person that's in charge. Yeah. What's interesting to me is I wonder like when, when audiences were prepared for that movie, do you think, I don't know how the marketing was cause I don't know, but do you think, like, Dallas was, like, set up where people thought he was going to be the hero of the film? I think so. Well, and I think I might be completely off on this, but I feel like John Hurt was the biggest star in the okay. movie at the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, from, like, working for his yeah. television. I don't know if Tom Skerritt, because he, he's more of an early 80s guy. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. It was definitely... But they do set it up where Dallas is, like, the yeah, guy. right? I mean, that's what you're expecting, and... It's definitely a role reversal and and like she's a great actress where like she could she took that role and she just went with it man like she, yeah she'd carry it she carried the movie i mean you know yeah so what what do you love about sally and then, Texas Chainsaw? yeah so sally played by marilyn burns like her she is a character also like not quite similarly and was like you don't know that she's like your main character uh-huh. for a little while. Well, you thought it was Franklin. I did. I mean, I love Fra- I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sally! You don't know, like, when you're watching the movie, like, that she is gonna be the person that escapes. Like, it kind of just leads up to her. And then, like, I just... She's a fighter. I think that's what I like about her because, like, she's in such a dire situation where she has been kidnapped by these family of cannibals. All her friends are gone. She's at, like, this table with just, like, complete filth and, like, these people basically, like, just, you know, wanting to kill her and eat her, but they're making her go through a ritual of just depravity, like, before it happens. Mm -hmm. And she's, I don't know, I just love her, like, her her willingness to not give up, I guess, you know what I mean? Uh It's like... And I think she doesn't. She like run away like a couple times. Like yeah, at one time she jumps out the window right. on the second floor, and like she gets caught back, but like it didn't stop her from just <clears throat> not giving up. And I, yeah. I like that about her character. And like she just has like just a ton of willpower, man. And I dig that. I think she's a badass bitch. And like at the end, you know, she you know 
even like when when she gets in in the truck that takes her away, like there's a ton of stuff that happens there where like he's still chasing him down. Like the first truck stops and like the, the dude gets out of the truck and tries to help her. Yeah, he just killed and but you know she sees another the, one. The truck, the Black Mariah. That's right. Yeah, that you know I I just yeah I I just I love how how strong character she is. Man. That's awesome. Doesn't give up. You know I dig it. Well, before I get into my pick, I do want to give shout outs to the. To wonderful women who have not been mentioned, um, Nancy from Nightmare, oh, yeah. um, Heather Langenkamp, uh, she shows up for three of those films, and one of which she's actually just playing Heather Langenkamp, right? And she's wonderful, mm-hmm. very resourceful. Yep, screw your hall pass, good stuff. And I, I would say, like, roll for roll for roll, you know, the greatest screen queen of all time has got to be Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Right. Um, just like you know, from the Halloween I, to I, Prom Night to Terror Train, yeah. Yeah. And she's always resourceful. I didn't mention her just because it's a given, right? Right. I mean... Same. And I I went with somebody a little lesser spoken of, but, dude, I love this performance, and I think it's one of the best in the series. But before I get to this, I'm going to throw another question at you, Mm -hmm. because you mentioned Franklin so much. Okay. Who is the better heat check in a horror film, as far as chewing scenery? Franklin from Texas Chainsaw, or Crispin Glover in Friday 4... Glover all the way. You think his century is heavier than Franklin? It's because of his dance moves. Okay. Now, I understand... Well, in Dead Fuck. It is. Yeah. I mean, he, there's a lot going on. Now, obviously, I love Franklin. Like, right. He chews up that scenery, like, all his yelling, like, and just huffing, and, like, the noise <laughs> he makes. Ooh, Franklin. Ooh. And, like, talking I'm to himself. I'm having so much fun. I'm gonna right. die. I'm gonna die. Yeah. No. He's great. Yeah. His fart <laughs> noises, man. He's killing it out there. But, like, man, I got to go with my boy, Crispin. Okay. I just, you know, just those, like, man, those dance moves, they're unstoppable. Are those the two goofiest performances from a side character I mean, in horror? Probably. And they're also, like... You I love, love them. Like, those elevate the movies for me. Yeah. Like, I love those movies, but, like, without those performances, I'd still like them, but they elevate the yeah, movie. Yeah, for sure. Them. Yeah, good call. All right, man. So, getting back on topic. Favorite final girl... Jenny from Friday the Thirteenth Part Two by Amy, played by Amy Steele. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what I like about this performance so much is like she, it's like she is in charge the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like she has like this confidence. She figures out, you know, about Jason's mother through like this campfire story they tell. Right. And she goes to his shrine, puts on that sweater, and convinces Jason that she is mother, yep. and he needs to listen to her. Yep. And, like, her fighting spirit, man, hands down, she's the best girl in the entire series of Friday the 13th. Yeah, I'd tell you right. And I, I don't know, man. And she also shows up, I think she's in some other horror movies, like maybe Happy Birthday to You or April Fool's Day. One of those, I'm pretty sure she's in. Okay. Um, But, yeah, a- Amy Still, she's freaking awesome. Good choice, man. What is your favorite slasher movie, Kill? All right, so with this one, um, some of these, I, from here on, well, there's a few. I'm going to get redundant on a few movies I talk about, so I apologize and that's fine. for that. But, so, it's hard for me not to talk about things that I love, like, uh-huh. this. So, uh, my favorite slasher movie kill is The Mallet to the Head in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Because that, like, the first time you ever watched that movie, like, I don't know about you, but, like, obviously the movie is not the most goriest movie mm-hmm. ever, but... It is disturbing as hell. And so, like, that first kill, like, the guy, you know, he he's walking into the house. Yeah, under in, And, yeah, and just, like, all of a sudden, he goes to the wrong area at the wrong time. 
and like Leatherface is there, and it just happens so fast. He just has that mullet that that they used for like cows, right? Uh-huh. And he just boom, just knocks him right in the head, and like you see him fall down and like start like twitching, yeah. And then just that close of that door, man, it just like shocking. It affected me so much seeing it happen. It's just it's brutal. I'm going a different route on mine. Um, so as far as like. I went kind of more like imaginative, mm-hmm. not saying yours was like sure. Nightmare three, okay, and I want to give that series like shout outs. I think the the marionette scene in Nightmare oh, yeah. three, dude, what you're saying, Kirk's death in Texas Chainsaw, that is the most brutal kill. Mm-hmm. But Nightmare three, just like the idea of like the the sinew coming out of uh, his yeah. legs and arms and brutal. being walked to yeah. him committing suicide. Yep. I, I think that scene is very creative, and it's one of the cringiest scenes in the series because it's like his yep. muscle and sinew are the strings. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's good, good effects. And I, yeah, the effects are great, and I just love the imagination. You got the stop motion Freddy puppet, right? That you know comes to life before then. Yep. Yeah, I I dig that scene a lot. Good pick. That movie's awesome. Um, favorite scene of gore. Okay. So on this one, I'm going back to the Friday the 13th series. Oh. This is the machete to the head of Jason for Friday the 13th Part 4. The final chapter. The final chapter. Jason takes a machete to the head, like, and his mask has Mm -hmm. been taken off. So you just see this god-awful looking... Mongoloid. Yes. Face takes the machete to the head, and the the head slides down on Uh the machete. I think it is, like... Tom Savini does these special effects work on it. He's done so many good things, so it's not like I can say, like, this is his best work. But it, in my opinion, it's, like, one of the coolest bits of gore mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. Like, yeah, I love it. You, I What's cool about that is as it's sliding down, the eyes are moving. It is. It does. And, like, it looks so real. Yeah. Like, there is nothing fake about that. And I don't know, man. It's... Just another reason why I love Part 4 so much. Is Tom Savini the best gore makeup I, artist? I would believe so. He shows up in my pick for favorite scene All right, of gore. Let's hear it. This, to me, is the most messed up kill. Day of the Dead. Okay. It's And it's it's the elevator kill. Oh, yes. Uh, you remember this? Yeah. So, it's um the hero guy who already has been bit. He got yep. his arm chopped off. That's right. Um, to save everybody from being captured, he goes up top, mm-hmm. lets the zombies in, and brings them down on the elevator. Yep. And one of my favorite kills ever, um, one of the army guys gets caught up by the zombies, and you see his head getting ripped off. Yes, you do. Like, you see... Fingers go into yep. the eye holes and it peels back yep. the flesh from his skull and it just has this like really weird, nasty, like gore, like stretch yep. of the skin as mm-hmm. it's peeling back and you see like the bursting of the yep. eyes and he, it's a dude in the makeup because he's screaming as it's happening. Right. Like that to me, like that is so fucked up. That yeah. that's more messed up than um the the sergeant's death and that yeah. you know choke on him, right? Yeah, um, which is another great, oh, yeah. great scene. But I think Day of the Dead, man, like that's oh, great. You know what you said about Friday Four, like that yeah. that's true. Those effects are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But Day of the Dead, like there's so many effects yeah. and they all are flawless. Yeah, it's like that. I think is his magnum opus. It's what's crazy about 
Savini's best work, and I mean, all of his work's great, but his best work is like what you just said. It's like it it makes you really wonder how that happened because it does. I mean, we could you could break it down if you wanted to, you know, frame by frame. And mm-hmm. it's like, how did they achieve this? Because it looks like a person is actually being ripped apart. Yeah. It's no, dude. Insane. Same for like. Another, like, a call back to Friday 4, you know, Joseph yeah. Zito directed that, and he right. also did The Prowler with Tom yeah, Savini. Right. And, like, in that movie, there's just, like, it looks like real murder. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it is messed up. It is. Yeah. Um. Alright, I'm gonna get into my favorite crafted scare, because it's gonna play off of what you said earlier, but I think the best scare in movies is Kirk's death in Texas Chainsaw. Oh, nice. Um, you did a wonderful job describing that scene. We don't need to get back into it. Sure. But I like the pacing of that and, like you said, the door slam yep. and how sudden it is. It feels so real. Like, it feels like it's something you shouldn't be watching. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. And, like, that's the very first part in that movie that, like, your stomach kind of sinks and it's like, Oh, yep. that's what these kids are in yep, for. We're in the shit now. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is messed up, and yeah. I don't know if I should be watching this. Yeah, no, great pick, man. It's yeah, it it affects me to this day. Yeah, as well, when I rewatch, it's film. shocking. It is. It's very very good pick. <laughs> what what about you, man? Okay, so I'm going with an older um, uh, kind of the thing about what I'm going to pick here is like people today. I think if I'll just say, like, the a new, the Gen Z, as we always say, uh-huh. or millennials. Like, I don't think this would shock anyone. But it worked at the time, and for me, it still works very well. And this is the swimming pool scene from the original Cat People, 1942. Oh! Um, because what I love about this scene, and it actually it leads up, it's almost like two scenes. But, like, the scene before it, you see the lady getting chased uh-huh. on the street and she's walking like back to her i think it's her apartment complex or whatever yeah and like it's this all about like a feel and shadows and noise is like what all this is about and just like how Jacques uh jock turner shoots it is just like it's it's a stalking scene and it's a monster chasing her but you never see the monster mm-hmm. and it's the same when she gets down into the swimming pool is like what happens are is you you see shadows and you also like hear noises and so the lady in the pool just starts having these high pitched shrieks that like she knows something awful is happening uh-huh. she doesn't know where it's coming from like her space is off because she is just like I don't know what's happening right now but I'm pretty sure like a weird leopard is chasing me uh-huh. or a panther whatever it is in the film I can't remember but anyway I think it's a great scene and even like I rewatched this movie a couple weeks ago and it worked just as brilliant for me. Like just as I watched it for the first time, I I think it's such a great scene of pacing and horror. Yeah. So that's what I'm going with. Yeah. That's a great scene, man. Favorite horror remake. Okay. Favorite horror remake. This was easy for me. This, I don't know if you consider this a cheat, but whatever. It's the thing by John Carpenter remake of the thing from another world from originally by Howard Hawks. So John Carpenter's The Thing is one of my favorite creature features of all time. I think it is a masterful film, and it just you know what can I what what can I say that we already talked about? I agree with you, but I put a different thing because okay. I knew you were going to do this <laughs> because I I think we could both say like The yeah. Thing 
like John Carpenter's The Thing is probably one of our favorite horror films, and it's just one of the best films. Yeah, no doubt, man. I'm with you. Like I, for you, it's your favorite of his, isn't it? Is. it? Yeah. You know, for me, it's Halloween, but like The Thing is like just yeah. an inch behind. Yeah. It's it's a great movie, and if you yeah. want to hear us talk about it in length. Go check out an older episode. Yeah, I, uh, really... I believe we talked about that in January. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it other than it's one of my favorites. Go so I wrote down The Fly. Um, okay. Cronenberg's The Fly. Good pick. Um, the, the thing I love about that movie is that it is so different from the original film. And I love that it's it is structured like a romantic comedy, but... It goes bad in the middle, uh-huh. and it is tragic. And the the performances uh, from those two leads, man, it is heartbreaking. Like that film is a tragedy. It is one of my favorite romantic films ever. Mm-hmm. And the it, it's, I know he said it wasn't like an allegory for you know AIDS or you know it's something obvious, like that. It but obviously it, is. Yeah, I mean, it, it does no feel around. like. Yeah. Like, you know, you're seeing a loved one deteriorate or before cancer, your eyes. Or yeah. Any type yeah, of illness. Yeah, any any yeah. illness. And mm-hmm. you know, you see that personality change and the effects by Chris Wallace are so good. Yeah. Um those, those and, are really great too. And Howard Shore did the musical score, it's phenomenal. Um yeah. I I love that movie. Like Jeff Goldblum's performance in that film is one of my favorite performances in movies, period. Mm-hmm. Like that performance is so good. I mean, knowing that, like, the coffee shop scene is just improv, yeah. like, that's insane. Yeah. Like, he is working on another level that most actors don't even achieve. Yeah. And people now, I think they think, like, you know, Jeff Goldblum, like, pop culture Jeff Goldblum from, like, sure. Wes Anderson films and yep. such. Um, and that's fun. He is so good in The Fly. Yeah, no, he is. And one thing, you know, also, you talk about it being a love story, like, also, like, Goldblum's and Gina Davis's, like... um their connection and their chemistry on the film is like undeniable. It's, well, it's yeah, I mean it, they're just, real life lovers at the time. Exactly, so it, it really helps with with that yeah. story. Just like it's it's great. I, mean, I think it's Cronenberg's best film. Yeah, it is. It's very good. Masterful it, picture it's up there for me. Um, all right. So since horror is often franchised, what is your favorite series? All right, this one again was kind of easy for me. Not, it doesn't have as many movies as a lot, but this would be the Evil Dead series and the remake, which I consider part of the Evil Dead series. Yeah. Um, every single movie, like you, I think we talked about it earlier in the show, every single Evil Dead movie is good. Yep. So, easy as that. Um, the first movie is, I think, quite horrifying, actually. It's masterful. Uh, it's a movie I didn't talk about, but like, I remember watching it. Um, as far as like er, er, uh-huh. early horror films, it was one I think you may have let me borrow when we were in high school or early college. I had them all on VHS. Um, so like way back when. Um, I when I watched that for the first time, I watched it alone in my room, and like it actually like messed. Me. It it was pretty frightening for me as a teenager. Well, yeah, the girl um, sitting there just laughing. Yeah, and then you get the pencil stab in the ankle. Yeah. It's so gross, and and it's it's very. It's very gory. Uh-huh. It, it just, it's a disturbing film. And then the second one is... A masterpiece. Like, uh, it is a masterpiece. And it's like what, what Sam Raimi does in that second film, what he would continue to do for the rest of his career, is do a brilliant job of mixing humor and horror together to like this perfect, just medium, right? And it's the way he goes about it, his directing is just great. Like, I love B-movie tropes in it, but like he 
puts his own style in it. Just and it's it's very good. His movies look different than anybody else's, and that's apparent from mm-hmm. the very first one, right. from Evil Dead. And like, he, yeah, he continues on. There's that so much direction. freaking style, and he even uses mm-hmm. that style in like Spider-Man Two. Right, like yep. you get those shots of like you know Doctor Octopus coming to life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you get those Evil Dead shots. Yeah, like the that. You know, smash zoom. The and Sam Raimi smash zoom, man. It's the best. I, it is the best. Yeah, it's great. And then obviously, like, the third one, Army of Darkness, is just, I think it's hilarious it, still to this day. Popcorn fun, man. Very good time. And then we've already talked about the remake the of, um, you know, Evil Dead, which I think is quite an More akin to the first recent film. horror film, yeah. Yeah. And now, I haven't watched this. I, I know you've seen a little bit of it, but they've, they've made a series, a TV series. Yeah. Um, which I hear is pretty good. Yeah, I've not I, seen it. The, but, the few um, episodes I've seen, like yeah. it, it's fun. And you know, I haven't shouted out Bruce Campbell, who makes the character Ash. Uh, shout out to him because he's great in those three movies. Oh, dude! Here's another thing that I will go to bat for: his performance in Evil Dead Two is also one of the great performances. Yeah, because if you think about like everything he does in that movie, who else could do that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, there is so much physical comedy. Like, yeah, he's doing stuff that we hadn't seen since, like, Harold mm-hmm. Lloyd and Buster Keaton. That's right. And I think that's why I respond to those movies, too, because we've talked about before my love for physical comedy. But, like, yeah, he he just, like, he, he brings it, man. Like, yeah. He's so good. Like, Sam Raimi is just like, hey, I need you to do, yeah. you know, a front flip. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, bud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah. Great. Great stuff. What do you got, man? Um, for me, I, I did something a little different, because uh, obviously Evil Dead, you know, that series is wonderful. Yeah. I went I went Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Um I I love the series. The the reason I went with Nightmare on Elm Street is because I think the series it's so interesting because each sequel has like an interesting like take on everything like mm-hmm. on Wes Craven's original idea and it just keeps expanding like the dream sequences it really gives filmmakers a chance to like show me your creativity and I think that each sequel does a good job of you know at least being visually interesting which I I feel like you know people shit on like five and six five's actually not that bad um that guy went on to direct predator 2 which you know take it or leave it, it it's still you know it's, it was somewhat a big film when it sure. came out mm-hmm. but um you know six isn't very good but there's still moments of fun in there and the new nightmare like you know people say screams like the first of that type of horror film you know the referential you know horror but dude new nightmare came out what, three years before that and right. it was doing that stuff yeah. like that film is really freaking smart it is yeah that all the okay so i think you know we're gonna talk about this on i think our episode before this one when we we talked about the, the yeah the, the you know the nightmare sequels there are a few i haven't seen so i have not seen uh what five, five and six. six i think but i've seen all the others i like them all so like I think that's a strong pick by you, needless, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Dude, I mean... All the ones I've seen, I've greatly enjoyed. Yeah, that that series, it's, it's so good. And it launched so many careers. Yeah. I it, It's just, uh, yeah, for, for my dollar, one of the most quality series. Um, well done. Who is your favorite horror director? Okay, so this was a hard question for me, but I broke it down to, I'm going to pick this guy as my favorite. I know he's made bad movies as well, but it's Lucio Fulci. 
we have not talked much about Italian horror this episode. So Fulci is an Italian director, and there are many films of him's of his that I like, including Zombie, The Beyond, City of the Living Dead, House by the Cemetery, Murder Rock, The Devil's Honey, Don't Torture a Duckling. And then there are a few that I haven't seen that I need to, including The New York Ripper, The Psychic, and Manhattan Baby. So I want to give a shout out to Fulci. <clears throat> With him, it's all about atmosphere and a feel of dread and then gore, obviously. Uh-huh. And I respond to all those things as we talked about earlier. He's someone I just really like. Now, his bad movies are not great, but when he's at the height of his power, I enjoy most of Dude, his I, I think, yeah, I mean, we talked about our love for Zombie in an earlier yeah. episode. Yep. And I think Beyond is one of the best surreal horror yep. films ever made. Like, the imagery in Beyond mm-hmm. is as good as the stuff I'm going to talk about next. Mm-hmm. And it's as good as, like, Eraserhead. Yeah. Like, it, it is wonderful, dreamy, nightmarish shit. It is, absolutely. And then, runner, I've just got a couple runners up okay. real quick. Um, hopefully you don't have these because I don't want to ruin your thunder. I've got David Cronenberg. Nope, okay. not on my list. Um, obviously, he's made so many good films. We've talked yep. about The Fly already. Body Horror. Body man. Horror. Uh, Dead Ringers, Videodrome. Uh, we've got Rabid. We've got Scanners. So many. Yeah. Um, great director. I love his stuff. And then lastly, Sam Raimi. Uh-huh. We've already talked about him. Obviously, the Evil Dead movies, Drag Me to Hell. He's done things that aren't horror, but... His horror movies, I love all of them. Yeah. So, anyway, those are some... I'm assuming you didn't have this guy listed because you probably thought I would. John Carpenter? Yes. Um, Halloween is my favorite horror film. And yeah. not far after, like, after that, like, The Thing is a masterpiece. And you look at his other works in the genre, like The Fog, it, it is one of the best ghost stories filmed. Right. Um, his work with music and atmosphere, and he has a style that... It's people are always trying to copy like his work, especially now. That's the big thing now is mm-hmm. everybody's trying to make like that John Car. I mean, the Stranger Things, like right. that show. Yeah, that thing exists because it's like a, a carbon copy of what Carpenter's doing. Yeah, it, it seemed like, and it, like you said, it's still going on a little bit. Like, but there for just a couple years, um, and this was maybe. It kind of stopped a little bit the last year or two, but like it seemed like a lot of the new horror films were trying to do John Carpenter. Yeah. And their feel and their music, like I think of things like It Follows, obviously. Uh-huh. Very much the guest. the guest. Like I think a lot of, of like they were bringing that style back. Yeah. And that has a lot to do with John Carpenter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Dude, even um, The Mouth of Madness, like, that is the best take on an H.P. Lovecraft style of story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking about surreal horror. Like, I think in The Mouth of Madness is one of the best surreal horror films. It's um, a good one. I, it's one I'd like to rewatch. Oh, I haven't seen so it in a number good. of years. It is so good. And, and man, I even like some of his lesser films like Vampires. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, like, he is an interesting voice and even something like an action film like Assault on Precinct 13 sure. like or Escape from New York like those feel like there's tendrils in horror yeah. you know in that like Assault on Precinct 13 is Night of the Living Dead without the zombies absolutely um, or you could also say Rio Bravo but sure. 
you know, it, it has the claustrophobic fear yep. of a Night of the Living Dead. Another one you didn't mention that I think we rewatched last year, Prince of Darkness. Really yeah, Prince movie. of Darkness is a phenomenal film. That's another one that has a, mm-hmm. you know, surreal horror. Um, it, it's kind of like his take on the Italian surreal horror. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just love his work, man. He's great. I think one thing also that gets lost with him is, like, yes, his movies are affecting, but he also has an amazing eye for composition. Mm-hmm. So, like, just trust me on that. He's great. Yeah. No, I he... One of the best directors. Yes. Period. Great choice. Um, what is your favorite musical score from a horror film? Okay, so I'm going with uh, Wendy Carlos for The Shining. Oh, okay. Love that score. It's terrifying. Her electric, electronic score for that. You know, she also did work for for Kubrick for um, Clockwork Orange. That's what oh, it is. Oh, okay. Uh, she did a score for that as well. So um, it's a great score. It's so affecting, and I think it just adds to the atmosphere and mood of the film wonderfully. And yeah, that score is phenomenal. Yes. So easy to the point. That's me. What do you got? Halloween, man. That's the best horror Very theme good. ever written. Very nice. Um, the only thing that comes close for me is, you know, Suspiria. But uh, that's that. I yeah, great score as well. Yeah, dude, Halloween. Like, you pop Halloween in, you get that opening shot of the pumpkin, and that song plays. Yep. And you're freaked out. Mm-hmm. Like as a kid, I was freaked out. Like. Yeah. I, I watched that. I was probably, you know, 11 or 12 years old. I popped it in the VHS, and that's how the movie starts. And it's like, well, shit, what am I into? Yeah. It's it's up there for, like, one of the most iconic scores of all time, along with Jaws. Like, yeah. when you hear that, you know what movie that's from. Well, and some people, I think, find the music scarier than, you know, Michael himself. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's wonderful. Um, And I'm this is just going to be redundant, but... Um, our last uh, talking point, the essential Halloween film. Yep. For me, it is Halloween. Yep. Um, John Carpenter's Halloween, I think, is... Like, that's the movie I watch every single year. Um, that's that's what makes me think of Halloween. Um, that's how I celebrate the holiday. It's just... Man, that movie is the perfect thrill ride. You know, beginning to end, it's just perfect. Your choice, man. What, what do you got? What What is the essential Halloween movie for Nolan Tuck? The essential Halloween movie for me is... So, I went back and I thought about one of the first questions you asked me. Why do I like horror movies? Yeah. I talked about all those things. And I think this movie for me is what all those things add up for. And that's Evil Dead 2. It's nice. a mix of seriousness, humor, aesthetic, <clears throat> dread, goofiness, gore. It's all of it together for me. And if I was to tell someone, say an alien from outer space came here and like doesn't know what a horror movie is, uh-huh. like go watch Evil Dead Two. For me, that's an essential. What if it's like an alien, like a xenomorph? Is like look in the mirror. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, that's awesome, dude. I love Evil Dead Two. That movie's wonderful. Heck yeah. So. Big plans for Halloween? You're working. Yeah, you know, I gotta work, but you know, this week, um, I, I hope to watch a lot of horror movies while I'm not working. Stay up late. I'm gonna get off work, watch a movie maybe every night. So, you know. Heck yeah, man. Is there anything that you're particularly excited to watch? Like, if you don't watch it by Thursday, you'll be disappointed? You know, I'd, I'm trying to think in particular. Uh, I don't know. Just, just whatever. I, I'm gonna find some things on... 
that are streaming on Shutter or Criterion's uh, streaming. There's some, you know, Jock Turner's The Leopard I've never seen. I'd like yeah, to, Leopard Man. The Leopard Man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd like to stream that and watch that. This and I just got a new transfer. It did. Uh, there's a couple like these are probably weird, but there's a couple Chucky films. I recently got the Chucky the Child's Play box set, and there's a couple of those I might watch, like Child's Play Two. I think. Fuck yeah! We talked Can't about recommend it enough. So I might try to watch that this week. Um, yeah, just. I'm I'm gonna have a good good go at a few things. I might watch you know Blackula. I have that on you know Blackula. Blackula scream Blackula Scream. Yeah, that's a good one. So I might try to watch those. I've got a lot. We'll see what I get to, dude. What o- about you? October twenty eighth is like the the great horror giving day. So we are getting Arrow's release of American Werewolf in London. That's right. Getting Scream Factory doing The Devil Rides Out. We're getting Scream Factory putting out the eighties Blob remake and. I special ordered Dead of Night from Kino. They put it out this summer. So I plan to watch all four of those movies when I purchase them. And I'm very excited because The Blob has needed a new transfer for forever. Mm-hmm. And um, American Werewolf, you know, that Universal Blu-ray looks good. But man, that Arrow box set looks so pretty. Um, yeah, it I, I just want to digest everything that's in that box set. Yeah. All the documentaries. Yeah, it's going to be good. Double Rides Out, I've never seen it, and I've stayed away from watching it until I could get a disc, yeah. and it's been out of print on DVD forever, so them putting out a Blu-ray, it's quite fortuitous for me, because those Anchor Bay DVDs were really freaking expensive. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that one as Which well. also, the, the great day of giving, on the 28th, we are also getting, we will not be getting it until the Barnes & Noble sell, mm-hmm. but... The Godzilla collection from Criterion. That's it's right. the Showa era. If if you like Godzilla or have a passing interest in Godzilla, that is the set to get because some of those movies from the Showa era are 50 bucks on DVD just by themselves. Woo. So if you're looking for Son of Godzilla or um, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, like those two titles alone on DVD would run you about what it costs for the box set. In full. Yeah. I'd say you should get the box set. You should get the box set. It'll be the first time ever that King Kong vs. Godzilla, the Japanese version, will be available to the U.S. audience. Now, I'm excited. That's really cool. Yeah. It it looks beautiful. We're both going to be picking our copies up sometime in the next month or so. Yep. All right. Yeah. That's exciting. Well, uh, this has been fun, man. You had some great questions. I think this was a good episode. Yeah. Um... We haven't really talked about what we're going to do next, um, but you've got some horror episodes yeah. to enjoy, and uh, after that, I think we've got some some back ones yep. that we're going to put out. Enjoy and... the Halloween season, watch some movies, drink some good drinks, enjoy the fall weather. Yeah. Have enjoy fun. each other. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, you can find us at Cinema Parlor on iTunes. Give, uh, rate us and review us, please. Uh, we don't have enough, so that'd be great if you guys did that. Also, download the show. Um, thank you to our uh, producer and editor, Melanie. You can find her at Plastic Werewolf on Twitter. You can find us at Cinema Parlor on Twitter. And personally, you can find me at Chuck Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. Esclover84. Um, I mean, that that's on Letterboxd. Also, you know, on PSN, if you ever want to, you know, play Overwatch. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Also, I forgot to mention, you can find us also on SoundCloud for those interested. And I think we're going to be on Spotify sometime soon. So look out for that. Um, But, 
you know, thanks for joining us. It's been a lot of fun, man. Happy Halloween! Yes. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>